You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. I'm Anthony Pasternitz, joined by Jeffrey Flanagan. Opening day, opening night, rather, is in the books. Uh, 2016 season is underway. Royals got off to a strong start against the Mets. And, Jeffrey, uh, we had kind of talked about the roster uh, on the last podcast and how it might shake out, and it looks like it, it went as expected, pretty much. Yeah, it really did. Uh, you know, we were wondering whether Chin Ming Wong would be stashed at Omaha until his opt-out date, which is May 1st. But um, I think we talked about how much better they would be as a 25-man roster with him on it, and uh, Dayton Moore and, and his staff agreed. So he made it. Uh, Terrence Gore made it as a as a, an elite pace runner on, and pinch runner, and uh, that's basically what Ned needs that 25th man for. He doesn't pinch hit very much, hardly at all, but he will pinch run. So you know, Gore has some value there, and that was about it. Raymond Fuentes uh, not only made the team but uh, started in right field on opening night, so that was pretty cool too. I saw Ned Yost was almost apologetic about the pregame ceremony. Just, just the, uh, it was obviously an unusual circumstance to have the, this game scheduled against the team they ended up facing in the World Series and uh, having that ceremony right in front of them. I know that was a little bit awkward. Yeah, it was, and it's going to be even worse uh, here on Tuesday because the ring ceremony is today. So the Mets have to endure that too, and it, it's unfortunate for them. Uh, but there's really not much the Royals can do. I mean, they've, they've got to do their ceremony for the fans. And, you know, actually, Ned also said, too, he was not only, you know, kind of a, sorry that the Mets had to sit through that, but also um, just having – he was just anxious to get to the game. And, and I think the ceremony was probably a bit, bit too long for him because he they've been waiting all spring to play, and, and then you have, like, a two-hour ceremony. So it was uh, <laughs> kind of tough for him. But uh, made it through it, and it was uh, kind of a uh, thrilling win on opening night. It sure was. Uh, the only downside of the win, uh, you know, Jeff, it wouldn't be baseball if we didn't overreact to opening day, right? So, yeah, uh, exactly. Obviously the, one thing that came out of that was obviously the bullpen dynamic, and, and uh, Joaquin Soria uh, lets the Mets back in the game, and Luke Cochaver comes in and, and, and settles things down uh, in the bridge to, to Wade Davis. But just kind of thinking big picture uh, as far as how that bullpen uh, picture looks and that setup situation. I mean, do you think that could be an intriguing dynamic as we go along here and O'Chaver really settles in? Uh, I, I, I think they're all interchangeable. You know, yeah. uh, right now he's got Herrera probably as a seventh-inning guy along with Hoach, and he wants to uh, establish Soria as kind of the eighth-inning guy setting up Wade. And I wouldn't read too much into what happened to Soria the other day. Uh, if you go back, sure, his command was off. He walked two guys, and that really stung him. But the balls that were hit were looked like they got you know hit by a rolled-up newspaper. I mean, they were just so softly, you know, three broken bats, basically, and one ground ball was hit too softly to turn a double play, and then two flares to left field. One actually was hit so weakly that Moustakas was able to track it down himself. So um, not exactly – the Mets didn't exactly overpower him, but uh, his command was off, and – and that did let the Mets uh, get back into the game. And actually a pretty thrilling ninth inning, too, with typical Wade Davis, uh, you know, first and third, one out, you know, tying run at third. And what does he do? He, he strikes out the next two hitters. So uh, kind of a kind of a repeat of, uh, of last uh, October and November. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing uh, the way Davis just keeps chugging along. We'll talk about him in a sec because we are going to do some over-under. Right. That's the theme this week. So I'm going to throw out some numbers at you, and you let me know what you think, Jeffrey. Right. Uh, we'll start with Eric Hosmer, who I know uh, you, you've touted him as an MVP candidate, so I think I might know your answer to this one. But <laughs> I'm going to throw out 22 home runs. The reason I picked 22 is that was Mike Moustakis' total from 2015. We know Haas uh, has not had more than 19 in a single season, but certainly a guy who uh, has the look of a, a potential 20-home run guy. But do you think 22 over or under? I'm going to go over. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, this is a year he might elevate to maybe 25-30. Well, that would be uh, potentially MVP-worthy. We'll see. Yeah. Um, all right, Mike, uh, speaking of Mike Moustakis, I'm throwing out an 8. 25 OPS. My rational there is he went from uh, 632 to 817 last year, so I'm going up to the next uh, you know quarter of 100 mark there to 825. Do you think he can top that in 2016? Uh, I'm going to go under. I think he's going to maybe step back just a tiny, a tiny bit this year, not dramatically, but maybe around the 800 range. All right. Uh, Sal Perez. He went from 17 home runs last year to 21. Uh, obviously, that's great power from a catcher either way, but uh, surpassing that 20 home run mark was a big deal for him. Do you think he'll do it again in 2016? 20 home runs, self Perez. I'm going to go under, but I'm going to say that, too, that the, the reason for that is he's going to uh, be a little bit more selective at the plate, and his OBP okay. is going to raise uh, rise dramatically. Yeah, how big of a focus was that for him this spring? Uh, it was very big, uh, though. I mean, you don't see it in the results. I mean, he didn't walk very many times, but uh, I did see him lay off some pitches he normally hacks at. So uh, we'll see if he carries that over in the regular season. Well, speaking of on base percentage, Alcides Escobar, his OBP <laughs> last year, it went from 317 in 2014 to 293 in 2015. Uh, 300 on base percentage. Do you think he'll get on base uh, more or less than 30% of the time? I'm going to go over. Um, you know, he had a pretty good. OBP in the postseason, um, yeah. and maybe he can carry that into this year. Um, you know, that's not his strength, obviously. Uh, he's He gets up there hacking, but uh, who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, that, that's not a very high water mark, 300 OBP. So uh, <laughs> I think he maybe can manage that. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, he was certainly a machine uh, last October. Kendrys Morales was a machine last year, uh, run production machine for this club, and surprisingly so. Uh, I'm going to set it at 100 RBI, over or under. Easily over. I, th I think he has a, just another terrific year. He's going to have a lot of guys on base in front of him, and uh, he's proven uh, that he can drive him in. He had a terrific spring. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'll take the over on that. All right, Lorenzo Cain was a finalist in the MVP balloting last year, uh, largely on the might of his, of his slugging. Uh, you know, his, his power numbers went up last season. Uh, his slugging went from 412 to 477. So let's set it right there, 477. Can he top what he did last year? Yes, uh, he goes over there. I think uh, he's just an ascending player. Uh, he keeps learning more and more about you know how to, what pitches to attack and how to punish uh, a pitcher. And um, I think he's going to you know hit over 20 home runs this year, and he's going to see more doubles and triples. Uh, I think he's, he's going to have a monster year too. We got a lot of power coming out of this Royals lineup. No, I know. I mean, you, maybe they're going to move the fences in or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it, I haven't heard uh, the magic number, which is the Balboni number. I haven't heard that top yet. <laughs> <laughs> Where, that's what was uh, missing from opening day, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, let's go to the pitching staff. Edinson Volquez, uh, obviously, uh, Steady Eddie was uh, terrific on opening night. Yep. Uh, he had 13 wins last season. How about 15 wins in 2016 over or under? Oh, boy. You know, it's so hard to predict, you know, wins are such a meaningless right. stat now. But, um, yeah, oh boy, I'm going to go under. I think he comes in at 13 or 14 again. Just, uh, uh, just It's just such a hard number to predict. Yeah. Uh, Jordano Ventura. Uh, so he had a 4.08 ERA last season, but a 3.56 <laughs> mark in the second half. So I'm going to bump it up, uh, or bump it down, I should say, a little bit from that. 3.5 ERA. Uh, obviously, if he tops that or, or even matches that, that would be kind of a breakout season for Jordano Ventura. But what do you think? 3.50 ERA. Under, under, under. Uh, I, I do think he's going to have that breakthrough season, and um, he's. he's Seemingly more mature. It's really hard to tell, you know, talking to him, you know, in what he does on and off the field. But uh, I think he uh, he takes that next step. And uh, teased Wade Davis earlier, and here he is. Uh, if you ever wanted to have some fun, just sit around and look at Wade Davis. That it never gets old. But obviously, uh, one that jumps off the page is ERA, uh, the 1.0 mark in 2014. Oh, boy. And uh, we all thought that was pretty good until he had a 0.94 mark last season. Uh, I'm going to set it back at one. Can he have uh, under a one ERA again in 20, uh, excuse me, 2016? Uh, it's got to be over. I mean, he's human, right? <laughs> I think he is. I shook hands with him. It feels human. Uh, I, I just can't believe somebody be, can be that dominant over the course of the whole season. Um, so I'm going to go slightly over. And, you know, if it's 1.4, 1.5, that's not too shabby. So, um, especially over the course of the season as the full-time closer. All right, Jeffrey, last one. On our last podcast, you made the bold prediction that the Royals are a wild-card club and they get back to the World Series. Uh, let's talk about team wins here. In 2014, they won 85 games and route to an AL pennant. In 2015, they won 95 games uh, and route to the World Series. Uh, I'm going to go sort of in the middle there. I'm going to say 92 in a deep division. Can they top 92? With... I'm going to go under on that because I think the whole division just got so much better and you play each other so many times in the division that uh, some things are going to get uh, kind of split up that way. And uh, I think it's going to be a very, very tight race with three or four teams involved. And um, I still think that, you know, this will be the year maybe the Royals kind of, back off a little bit for a while, and then turn it on the end and get in the playoffs and make another big October run. All right. There you have it. We're going to hold you to every single one yeah. of those. <laughs> we will remind you weekly. They'll win, they'll win uh, 102 games now. Just to... Exactly. Uh, I want to thank Jeffrey for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be catching, in, uh, catching up with him all throughout the 2016 season. It's been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.